You know, I think the movies we've been watching are just too good compared to the trash humans we are. Hi, I'm Nito Kitch, Human Garbage Pile, and tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic <laughs> Cooking Association, we're looking at Murder in Portland, a quote-unquote movie. But because this movie t- mostly takes place in Olympia, I'm joined by two of my favorite people who just so happen to have grown up there. First up, I don't know any stereotypes about Olympia. It's Amelia. <laughs> Hi, my name is Amelia, and I'm the mythical 50-cent bus ride that can apparently get you all the way from a rural road in Grays Harbor to Olympia, and I can be found at various Navigator on Instagram. <laughs> Where is this magic bus? Buses Papa, can the magic cost school bus. one way, so like a 50-cent bus is not reality. That hasn't existed since the 50s, and I will not be convinced otherwise. Next, <laughs> next up, serious, come on, let's, let's all get serious. What the fuck even is Olympia? It's Roe! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Ro, and I'm that guy who stands on the corner twirling the sign, and you walk up to him and talk because you think it's a fried chicken sign. But no, it's actually to some random laundromat. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash So let's just jump into this movie by discussing its plot. So spoilers ahead, here we go. There was a murder in Portland. No! What? So, what did you two think of this movie? Uh, (laughs) 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 So, 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 this this, this movie has two kind of connected plots. So, plot, so we're just going to cut them in half and talk about each one real fast. Plot A is about an 18-year-old mute kid who gets kicked out of his father's house and makes his way to Olympia where he meets and falls in love with his... Uh, antique shop owner who who drinks way too much coffee and follows their romance as it grows and eventually leads to figuring out that <laughs> the event that caused him to become so shocked that he lost his voice. So um, that's that's plot A. Uh, plot B is about a rookie cop who goes undercover as a gay man to try and find out who was responsible for a murder in Portland. Uh, which happens to be the father of the son from story A, and the cop realizes that in the end that he's attracted to men. There, okay, that's that is the plot to this hour and thirty-five minute movie. So, what did y'all think of the film? Um, I would like my time back, please. <laughs> Can we sue? Can we sue I... Gail Richards, please? <laughs> there, there is an afternoon of time that I need back. I could have I was, been doing before so I was watching many this movie. I was watching a, I was watching a wonderful video on YouTube about the the uh, founding of Leon Schlesinger's animation company and the birth of Bugs Bunny. And instead, I spent the time that I could be watching this amazing five-part video series on YouTube. Um, I spent it watching this. So the director, Gail Richards, has made three films. Uh, l- let me know if, 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 you, if you two have no, you know, notice a theme in them. So the first one is called Traveling to Olympia. The oh second my. one is called Murder in Portland. And the third one is Gods of Olympia. Uh, 
And, and those are three more films than any of us have made, to be fair. I think we can all compromise on that. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I always like to give movies a chance, you know, because uh, the wonderful thing... Uh, about the accessibility and advancement of film equipment and technology means that more people have access to tell the stories that they want to. If they have the passion and drive, the barrier of having to have a studio isn't really there anymore thanks to being able to self-distribute your art and find your niche online. I absolutely believe you should try as many things as you can, and the wonderful thing is that, you know... I get to have these experiences with my friends and maybe introduce people to films they've never heard about to, you know, give a chance. That being now said, that being, that, 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 <laughs> that being said, that being said, just like murder, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Uh, so, <laughs> so we roast the heck out of this movie. So let's put on our creativity underwear and fix this mess with a gay echo brainstorming session. God. Oh God! <laughs> because like I even I even wrote in my notes for this movie that this is probably how this episode was you going did. to turn out. Did you really want to spin? Did you really want to spend like thirty minutes talking about like the characters and me going, "Oh yeah, this character is, is flat and didn't have anything interesting." Oh yeah, this character is flat and didn't have anything interesting. Yeah, their plot lines didn't really like get tied up in a very satisfying way. That's basically everything. Um, but I I feel like there's enough here. It's 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 like it's like cookie dough, right? Like it's like it's like the eggs of cookie dough like eggs go in cookie dough but it's not cookie dough so this movie is just like eggs and we're gonna make it into cookie dough and eventually cookies we've done better for worse movies may i remind you we did an episode on thirteen thirteen haunted frat which is also just barely a movie we also did East Side Story. <laughs> we also yeah, we did, did Phoenix and Jeff London Week. Yeah, yeah. This is this is hardly the the worst challenge we face. And I think we can do it. So let's like get that gumption, <laughs> that can do spirit, and let's fix this technical film. Uh, so the first major problem is I remember zero of the characters' names, and to my shock, they aren't listed on the IMDb page except for two of the minor characters from Plot B. Uh, so because of that, we need brand new character names that are easily identifiable. Um, <laughs> so uh, pitch me, bitches. Um, so the blonde guy should be named Brian. Because I couldn't remember his name the entire movie, and that was the one that just seemed right to me. So <laughs> okay, so we so we have Brian. I think I think Lester is perfect as he is. Which one was Lester? Lester, the the the, the queenie one who runs the oh, coffee yeah, shop. Oh yeah, he was a Lester. He was a Lester. He was very much a Lester, although like. Can I just say, like, 
What a way to introduce your gay film than to put the gayest person on screen, like, way up top. How do we convey to the audience as quickly as possible that they are in for a completely homosexual time? You know, I would I would be okay with calling like the undercover cop Rod because that's like a deceptively like masculine name. That's a I real like Rod. That, that Rod would at least upgrade this movie to a B movie, which would yeah. be like a distinct <laughs> improvement. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, Brian and Rod so far. What is Young Ling going to be named? I'm thinking Anakin. Um, Murphy Maybe Ewan (laughs) Uh, I'm just I'm just like I'm just gonna I'm gonna choose a random movie Off my shelf And whatever that is Will be his name okay 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 this is This is the fair thing so we have Brian, we have Rod, we have Lester, and we have Porco Rosso. <laughs> Shut up. Right. No, it isn't. <laughs> I actually love that movie. Don't bring Porco Rosso's good name into this bullshit. Okay, Princess Mononoke it is. <laughs> so we have Brian, we have Rod, and we have Princess Mononoke. <laughs> Those are our new main characters. I will hear. I feel personally <laughs> offended. Hey, you said you didn't want Porco Rosso. This was the next one over. Um, <laughs> um, it's actually uh, there, there's one thing that like I really found funny about this movie. I know this movie just has so many funny things in it as we haven't discussed at all um but like uh there is this one script i wrote in college that had like a cop who had to pretend to be gay uh but he was just really bad at it so like but he wasn't a cop he was like a, a fbi agent and so the fbi brought in a bunch of teen girls to like feed him lines for how to flirt with gay men and i feel like I feel like I'm okay letting this movie take that idea because I think it would benefit it. So, and also this movie needs a little bit more of like a supporting cast. So like teen girls in a, in a white van with a microphone that is attached to like his ear. So he can, this may be a controversial take for this movie, but I think this movie suffers very much from having too many plot. Yes. Not not yeah. too much not too much plot, too many. <laughs> too many, yes. Too many. <laughs> there were points there were points in this movie where I like had forgotten about entirely about the other plot. Like it would switch back and forth from the murder investigation thing, whatever that was that quote unquote undercover cop. By the way, if you're gonna go undercover, if you're like perceived, at, if you if you identify as a, a straight man and you're going undercover as a gay man, there needs to be like something like that, like because you just don't, you just don't you know turn it on. So you need something like a, a, a 
literal fairy godmother to like come in and teach him how to be gay or something. And how to not outright tell people you're an undercover cop. <laughs> that, that's also right. like something they, they should teach you. Like, <laughs> at least give you like a pamphlet. I feel uh, like there, there was way too much, what? No, I'm not a cop. By the way, what do you know about this crime? <laughs> right? This isn't Were even... you here that night? <laughs> you know, the saddest thing is this is not the only movie we're going to watch with an undercover cop that has to strip in a gay club to prove that he's gay. Wait, does Jeff London write a movie about an undercover cop that has to strip in a gay club to pretend that he's gay or to convince people he's gay? No. Oh. Sorry. I got really excited for a second that you were referencing a Jeff London film. Uh, no, I want to keep those as a complete surprise for y'all. Oh, when we get goody! To I don't want to spoil oh, anything. Oh, goody! <laughs> um, but, you know, like, you know, have some, like... If we... if we Okay, so... I kind of think that we should focus on Rod's story because and oh, have definitely Rod has mm. the much more compelling story. It's true. And like maybe as he learns more about himself and his sexuality, he uncovers more clues about like the actual murder from people, and that's where we like get introduced to the other characters and kind of start to learn a little bit about their problems. But for the most right. part, what it, if he sleeps his way to the answer? Ooh. I'd be up for he that. He just has all these hookups discovering his sexuality and in the process also gets information. Right? <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, it wouldn't be as much of a surprise when he like shows up at What's-His-Face's door and he's like, Surprise! I'm gay now! <laughs> what? <laughs> this, that- this time together that we spent together, together, turned me gay. Wait, super, are you super super gay. Movie you're making you. you're making this movie sound like a porn. What? Okay. Wait, what? Was, was this movie a porn or was it not a porn? I'm <laughs> so confused. If you look it up on Google, it does say indie slash pornographic. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it didn't really have penetration, you know. It at all, yeah. It didn't have it didn't have oral. It didn't have anal. It just had like, it, it was more erotic by comparison to like sixteen sixteen. But like, uh, I, I especially think if you're in defeat, is taking it a uh, little like, far. Um, <laughs> Nothing in this movie aroused me. <laughs> Ro was saying earlier about like how no, the how, thing. how uh, like. The, the the foot thing was like just so empowering no. to them. <laughs> no, that is not what I said at all, and you know it. <laughs> I said, and I quote, "I see how, from a power dynamic standpoint, some people could be into the foot thing, but I never at any point said that I was into the foot thing." <laughs> And it caught me really off guard when it popped up in this movie. <laughs> I was kinda, not expecting that. Like, I was like emotionally prepared for the fun thing, personally. <laughs> it was like it was like the piss scene from.
from first period. It caught me off guard when it showed up, and I thought it was absolutely <laughs> unnecessary. You know, okay, so, like, if I watch a Quentin Tarantino film, I expect feet, right? I can be emotionally right. ready for that experience. But you don't expect, like, full-on yeah, tongue mouth, just like... like uh, well, I've seen From Dust Till Dawn, so yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I oh, wasn't yes. ready for left this. me with this more questions movie, than answers, let me put it that way. I, okay, okay, I just so, wasn't ready. Okay, so I think I can solve this. So I hear your concerns... <laughs> and your ideas that are just free flowing out of you, and I'm going to just put them all together. So, Rod is an undercover agent who identifies as straight. For now. For now. It's for the meantime. But yes. he will. But th- while while going through this case, he discovers that he is bisexual and attracted to one of the witnesses that he uh, interviews. Uh, when he's trying to find out uh, uh, who murdered uh, this couple and if it is a hate crime. But there's one weird thing about the murder. Their feet were chopped off. What? Yes. (laughs) And so he has to find out not only who the murderer is, but the only clue he has is they're into feet. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. I fixed it. I fixed it. I fixed. <laughs> why does it? Why does there have to be a foot thing? Because like, because y'all were y'all no, were communicating no that you me. wanted the feet <laughs> to no, stay in. No. <laughs> no so I get. I gave. Like, I gave you the feet, present. There's no shame in that. But like, why? So I gave you the present. Of keeping the feet in somehow. Okay. I don't want I, the feet. I don't want the feet. Take it back. <laughs> the what the fuck where it came from? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I do think, like, approaching this as a kind of thriller where he, like, starts undercover as this gay guy, right? And he tries to find answers and it leads him to maybe this, like, super backwater homophobic Baptist church that they keep referencing in this movie. Um, and then it like, okay. So like princess Mononoke and his (laughs) escape story. And like, okay. So all of that can be like sub subplot. You know what I mean? What if like second act, third act stuff? What if, Instead of a lone murderer, yeah, like you said, we have like a whole church that's involved. And then right. Could, like it's it's not just one murderer; it's like a group effort, right? Is that but a like Kevin Smith movie? Probably. I don't know. I've never seen those except for like the Clerks one. But like, what if this church in this small town, right, are all involved in these murders as a congregation, collectively. And because it's a small town, obviously the backwater cop would not be outraged. That's actually something I thought while I was watching this movie. Like, that wasn't realistic, because in that town, the cop would probably be like, eh, okay. I I know the reverend, whatever his name is. Like, I'm not going to do anything. Okay, we got this. I'll choose one at random. Uh, for the reverend's name, he is 
Okay, here we go. Uh, Jim Bob Duggar. <laughs> for, legal, for legal reasons, that was a joke. Um, oh, yeah, that was definitely a joke for legal reasons. He is, he is Reverend Miss March. I think that's okay. appropriate. Okay. So, Princess Mononoke and his father, Pastor Miss March, um, this is... This is this is gonna be the best movie ever. I, I think it. Um, but <laughs> it should like, win an Oscar, honestly. <laughs> with the uh, with the murder mystery, I think that we should like focus in on like. I, I think we should make it more ambiguous because it's like one of the things I really didn't like about this movie was like you knew this character obviously didn't do it and this character obviously didn't do it and everything was pointing to the obvious character who did it. I want more of a mystery. I want more of a who done it. Like I want I want like the reasons that they gave that they might the characters might have like done the murder uh f- to actually like be credible where like yeah, he might have wanted to take over the, you know, antique store maybe kind of thing, you know? Like m- and like Princess of Mononoke, for example, he just came in out of town. Like, don't even like start with the backstory about him getting kicked out. Just start with him coming into town. Mysterious stranger comes into town, goes into an antique store, falls in love. Maybe Tell- he killed people. Exactly, you don't know. Like anyone in this in the in Olympia could have murdered the could have gone to the two hours to Portland, murdered, and then drove the two hours back. Um, for some reason. And so it's like, who find, yeah, well, find out who could do it. It could be Lester, for all we know. Maybe Lester is, like, hiding thought, the bodies, I, blood in the coffee. At Why first, I thought that Portland? it was Lester, to be honest. Like, <laughs> that's the route okay. I personally wanted it to go. Like, secretly, Lester was into What's-His-Face that co-owned the antique store with, uh, Brian. Uh. Brian? Oh wait, we no, haven't named them yet. That... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, his name is Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille. No, no, no. His no, it's the Rat. ripoff. It's the ripoff of Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Ratatouille sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> yes, it does. All right, let's go. Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille and Brian were ex-lovers. Lester's into Ratatouille. Yeah, Lester's into Ratatouille. He got really jealous. Wait, but we said the cult thing. Yeah. Lester's yeah. part of the cult. But we're just like coming up with like feasible w- <laughs> reasons that they would have killed. Oh, to yeah. Kind yeah. Of, okay, to yeah, throw so, like, wait, red hair. Maybe, maybe Lester is this like... Like backwater Baptist guy who like moved away from home, and then when he finds out that his former preacher is like involved in some shit, <laughs> then he like finds the cop that's doing the investigation, and he's like, like makes it his job to like bring him back home and like get him on the on the disappeared train so that we can stop looking into this mysterious string of murders that's going on. I think that might be too complicated. I think Lester's just a creep. <laughs> yeah, Lester's just a creep. Lester's like... But, the, but, Lester had... Lester got drunk with uh, Ratatouille once and they fooled around 
And so he's like haunted with the what could be, and he like fantasizes about it, and he can't get over him. So he's just like obsessing. I think. Yes, I like that angle. And so like he's just like and so like that's why he could kill him because like he wanted him so bad, but like he um, but he just couldn't have him, and he like keeps like I don't know like his underwear or something. Uh, that they find at his place or something like some memento that he took from like the night that they messed around that ties him to them and so that's why he's a suspect you know and also the blood in the coffee that's just messed up um blood in the coffee i like the idea of like the the uh the father or miss march just like being like sort of like what we perceive as like fire and brimstone old testament to like 11 so on that note on that note what if the string of murders was less gay trauma porn right like we still have the the main murder that we saw in the actual movie um but it's just sins in general yeah, why do they all have to be gay? Yeah, like, what if it was just, like, okay, they happen to be committing this that sin of, like, you know, ooh, sodomites, whatever the fuck it was. Um, then he also, like, we see, like, Seven. Y'all remember that movie. Or, like, what if he, like, disappears, <sighs> like, the local drug dealer? So, like, yeah. nobody wants to get involved because sometimes he does, like, quote-unquote good crimes. Not that I'm saying you should go out and kill your drug dealers. Drug dealers are important members of society. Especially Billy. They are are where the drugs come from. (laughs) Especially Billy. Uh, But but like legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> I For think legal that, reasons, everything is a joke. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Princess Mononoke. I don't like that was one of the things like the the trauma porn at the end finding out that like uh, Princess Mononoke's mother was a lesbian and got uh, ki- and uh, got father deaded. got father Miss March deaded. Uh, his mother and her lover right in front of him. I just like I want something different because that just seems like yeah, me too. Too on the nose, like it's uh, yeah. I I want like maybe I want something more like mm, let me think. I want something more scarred. Like if we borrow. Um, I hate to say this, and I'm so sorry. If we borrow from Brokeback Mountain with, like, uh, uh, Tobey Maguire's death, um, like, uh, with, like, uh, his beating and stuff like that, if we have that for, like, maybe someone that, like, he got caught making out with, I think, yeah, that's still trauma porn, but at you know, it's at least directly connected to him. For legal reasons, NATO thinks that Jake Gyllenhaal is Toby McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> we have been over this. They are the same person. 
<laughs> they've only sure been they <laughs> they've only been in one movie together. Look, and I, that was CGI. I'm just saying, I've never I've never seen the two of them in one room. I don't think you've ever seen the two of them in any room. I'm calling this bluff. <laughs> but but you, you know what I'm saying? Like make it like having your mother having your mother like killed off in front of you is one thing, but it's just like uh let me put it this way: If we're going to go with the idea that the that uh, Pastor Father Miss March is killing based off of sin, right? Yeah. Then he wouldn't commit murder, so because that's a sin, and then you have to like you know, sins don't like, like cross each other out. Well, I feel like I mean, given the Salem witch trials and that sort of shit, like. When it comes to murdering sinners, there's kind of like a wiggle room about whether or not it's murder, like you're just doing it. You know, the Crusades, there's been lots of justifications for murder that makes them totally not a sin. So NATO, it's religious murder, so it's good murder. Yeah. You're for killing legal sinners. reasons, that is a joke. Sinners are not real people. For legal reasons, that's definitely a joke. I'm, I'm just trying to think of some some reason why someone would sort of like shut up, you know, like for an extended amount of time. Besides, like shock, maybe. Maybe they're just like afraid that. Uh, you know, oh, oh, okay, I got it, I got it, it's still a crime, it's still murder, uh, but, uh, Father Miss March makes him kill someone. Ooh, Ooh there you go. Daddy-son murder team. And now this is made, now this has the makings of a miniseries. I <laughs> like this idea. He makes him murder someone to prove his worth to the church. He's so shocked by it that he becomes, you know, he becomes, uh, you know, he loses his voice. He refuses to talk. Uh, and, like, he just remains like that until he finally confronts his father at the end, where he shoots him. Because um, this is, like, the only way the movie can end now is with... And then... Princess Mononoke <laughs> shooting Father Miss March. And then Rod is, is a policeman who is present, so he's legally obligated to arrest Princess Mononoke and process him through the legal system. And Princess Mononoke speaks for the first time, and he's like, no, I'm okay with that. This bastard needed to die. <laughs> and then he never talks again. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe he says something like... Badly at the end of the... To Kill a Mockingbird just shows up, does good murder, and then disappears forever. Maybe he says something more like, you know, now I can finally start atoning for my sins kind of thing. Now I can finally learn to basket weave. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's go let's go for a second uh, to who I lovingly refer to as the five inch blonde uh, Brian. Um, he, he has some potential for, you know, interesting stories, but gets relegated to, like, an emotional support, support sponge until the end. Um, what do you think aspects we can really, like, boost about him? And also, since he's 
for better or for worse, like sort of uh, put together with Princess Mononoke. Um, like, what kind of what kind of like back and forth and character growth do you think that they can give to each other? Was that too leading? That felt too leading. Sorry, my ADHD brain like tuned out in the middle of this sentence. Yeah, same. I'm like <laughs> that was that was my bad. <laughs> okay, so Can you read the question one more time. Yeah. <laughs> First, I am personally uh, uh, saddened that you didn't like my five-inch blonde joke. Um, but uh, uh, how I make that can? Joke. <laughs> feels like the five inch blonde has some potential um but like w- let's work on brian a little bit and develop him like why would he be a suspect why would he be a good contender for like the actual murderer and also what can what can we really like have about his character grow and change from his relationship with princess mononoke all right, so obviously the motive is is obvious. Obviously, that was redundant, but you know what I mean. So the motive is obvious, right? Like, he co-owns the antique shop with Ratatouille, and either there's, like, some insurance payout or, like, he they had some argument about how to run or where to open the new store. Maybe that's, like, a big, you know, argument that they had. Like, he didn't want to open a store in Portland. He wanted, like, another city. And, like, instead of just being like, oh, he's there, like, to check out stores, he says it, like, kind of in a more sarcastic tone or something like that. Like, you know, why can't we just open in Seattle? Why do we have to do it in Portland, which yeah. is in a different state with different tax laws? Like, yeah. why do we have to deal with that right now? Maybe we're not prepared as a company. And also, maybe um, Princess Mononoke comes into town and Brian falls under the temptation of a dark and mysterious stranger. Yeah. I ha- I have Also one pr- also I- Princess Mononoke uh, should absolutely be closer to his age. <laughs> Maybe I ha- he's I have, 23 and fresh out fresh out of college. <laughs> I ha- I have one no, suggestion and feel free to throw Daddy it away. Priest doesn't believe in college or education, remember? Sure, I have but one he should su- be around that age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one suggestion. Feel free to throw it away and just say no. Go. We don't want it. Okay, so, so the reason that Ratatouille wants to open up the new antique shop, and this is kind of common knowledge between him and Brian, the reason he wants to open it up in Portland is because his new man, the one we see killed with him, lives there. And mm. Brian is still kind of not, I mean, still kind of not over him. There's a jealousy angle. Yeah. So, like, and he knows that there's a new man, and he's just, and maybe he's just using Princess Mononoke to try and make him jealous in the beginning, and then when that doesn't work, he follows him to Portland, which is a two-hour drive, one hour, 49 minutes, and then murders him. Potentially. 
You know, you say two-hour drive like we weren't all raised in Texas, and that's like from one side of the city to another side of the city. <laughs> I'm just saying for the people who don't usually like have to make that two-hour drive, I'm just emphasizing it for them. Um, Oh, man. I remember, side note, just I remember moving to Denver from fucking Houston. And, like, it was the most shocking thing to me that, like, across town is, like, 20 minutes. It, like, that doesn't compute in my head still. And I've been here two years. Same, same. Very, very same. Um... Except so, I moved to the middle of nowhere, so it was even more of a shock. <laughs> I also feel like we need to, because they bring out, they br- they bring up the idea that you know the gay community isn't that accepting of cops, which is true, um, historically. Uh, what? I, I, th- I I think that we, we need excuse to excuse me for legal reasons. We love cops on the gay. Erotic cooking and anarchist yoga association. <laughs> We've done how many of these, and you don't know the name yet? Gay <laughs> anarchist yoga. I don't know why I said erotic cooking first. It literally says long... gay. It literally spells I gay. I know. I know. Listen. We listen. have a long history of watching videos like Stonewall, where corn boy throws bricks of friendship at the cops. Yes, direction. bricks of friendship. <laughs> Cans of soup to feed our family for the cops. Thank you very much. Hey, remember, remember Hellbent? I'm sorry, Hellraiser? I mean, Hellbent? Where, like, uh, where one of the characters is, like, a former cop that couldn't make it, but then, like, earns his copness at the end? No, I don't remember, because remember, I won. That was the joke. Um, no, so. I know, I know, I know. I don't remember, NATO. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I think that we should actually see, because one of the things I found weird about this movie is we actually don't see cops in this movie, besides, like, at the very end, the rural cop, and at the cop, uh, the cop store, where the c- cops hang out and talk cop things. Um, so I, I feel like we need, like, uh, Rod absolutely needs to see what they're talking about when it comes to, at least, like, through, like, glancing and seeing, like, body language of, like, uh, actual, like, queer people interacting with cops and seeing the effect on them and maybe, like, see, and maybe that changes how he, like, starts interacting with them while he's undercover I think that could be, like, a moment of both, like, it's pointing something out that's true, but it's also building character within our new protagonist, who has probably the best penis in this movie. I'm going to say it. I said it. I mean... That's subject to personal opinion. Yeah. (laughs) There was a wide selection. There were there three. There was. This one beat our three, pe- our two penis rule. Usually, yeah. Usually there are only two. <laughs> but now there was two and a half, if you know what I mean. Ooh. Ooh. Burn. Burn on Brian. Um. 
<laughs> sick, sick burns. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think we need to change the genre. We need to make it, you know, like a thriller, but also maybe a musical, like Eight no. Women. No, this is not a musical <laughs> <No>. movie. <laughs> like, like have all the suspects <laughs> seeing why they're suspects, you know. Oh man, why? <laughs> no. This coming from a person who loves musicals, this yeah. does not need to be a musical. This does not need to be a musical at all. Which no which Todd, okay? Which did it need to be a musical more? This or Rent? Uh this, this. absolutely. You're speaking to like the two people on this podcast who actually like Rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should I be speaking. I should be speaking to the one I person who hates Rent. rent hey NATO. Today, so. Hey Hey NATO. Is which which should be a musical more? Yes, NATO. Which one? Uh, this or Rent? Well, obviously, this should be a musical more than Rent, NATO. Why? Thank you, NATO. This is why you're not in charge of writing musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I've written musicals though is the thing <laughs> I wrote I wrote I, I wrote, uh, I, I wrote Womb Raiders I wrote the music for Die School Reunion um, I like um, and I also wrote for uh, uh, Let's Be Frank my Frankenstein uh, and Frank bi- uh, biopic um, <laughs> I, that is, wait, what? <laughs> okay, wait, run that one by me one more time. It's, it's called like Let's Brain Short Circuit a little bit. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Let's Be Frank. It is a synth pop musical inspired by the works of Frankenstein and Anne Frank. And you've workshopped this? <laughs> yes. We had the entire script and the musical numbers written. <laughs> and then decided it was a horrible idea and that we weren't going to do it. But that Why was became I not queer science, which you, which you historically like. So in a way, I... you liked my Anne Frank Frankenstein mashup. <laughs> I told you before we started recording today that I sometimes can't tell when you're being serious or when you're joking. <laughs> I okay. I hope to God that you're joking. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> this makes it so much better. <laughs> Now I'm doubly offended that I wasn't contacted about this for a table read. But this uh, episode I thought we is were friends. I'll send you the music if you want. Like, this but like, episode is cursed. What were we talking about? I think a movie called uh, Murder in Portland that doesn't take place in Portland, really. <laughs> okay, so oh, man. that should definitely not be a musical. <laughs> so let's don't remind him. <laughs> so let's let's um let's let's take a breath. Again, <laughs> again, let's be frank. Got turned into queer science, which is way less offensive. And historically, both of you were a part of the table read, 
and said it was adequate. So. Oh, I love pure <laughs> science. That movie I, I don't really want to hear. I don't want to hear any complaints about you not being involved with Let's Be Frank. Oh, so I let's, want to see that fight scene to that Donna's song in real life. <laughs> That's the wrong movie. That's oh, Die man. School Reunion. Oh, that is Die School Reunion. <laughs> we had a secret table read for a movie that nobody else knows about, and it was very fun. <laughs> Queer science. Coming in a few years. Um, okay, so let's... Let's let's sum up the new story that we have and see how we think it would do. Does that sound good? <laughs> sure. So our story follows an undercover cop named Rod who after a murder in Portland is sent to be under is sent undercover uh, to try and find out if it was a hate crime against the gay community. At the same time, Princess Mononoke, a silent stranger, shows up in Olympia, Washington, where they meet Brian, who is the ex-partner of Ratatoing, uh, someone that they co-own an antique shop with, and get, and get uh, uh, coffee from a guy named Lester. Unfortunately... Uh, Ratatoying, and we didn't name them, so uh, Love Simon. So Ratatoying and Love <laughs> Simon uh, are the ones who are murdered. <laughs> and it's up to Rod to, to interview all the people connected who might have had some vendetta against Ratatoying to figure out who killed him. We have the, the lustful Lester, uh, who who messed around with him after he broke up with Brian and is completely obsessed with him. But unfortunately, he has an alibi. We have Brian, who, you know, is his ex and didn't like the fact that another store was being opened out of state in Portland so that he could, so that Ratatouin could be with Love, Simon. But he also has a good alibi. We have the mysterious stranger who just kind of showed up and that was very suspicious, but since he doesn't really talk, we're just going to give him a break for now. Um, all this leads to them uncovering a very fire and brimstone-like Baptist cult in the small town where Princess Mononoke is from, headed by Father Miss March. <laughs> it, Princess Mononoke leads leads uh rod there where where princess mononoke has one final uh standoff with father miss march ends up shooting him to death and being taken to custody where he can finally start atoning for his sins that come out at the end in a exposition dump where it turns out that he was forced to kill a gay kid uh by his father to prove his worth to the church did i get everything Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, how is how is that movie? Um, like I said, that's a whole mini series. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And I would watch that, it. I would I would watch the heck out of that mini series. Wish that were this campy. movie. I'm gonna call it then we fixed it. We fixed it. Yay! Yay! I'm the only one clapping. 
Break out the Dr. Pepper, boys. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I got Dr. K right here. I say boys like the majority of the people on this podcast aren't male. <laughs> I, I do have like a serious question. Do you think that anything from the movie itself is really salvageable? No. Mm, I think the parts that we included in the plot of this new miniseries were salvageable. The murder and the cop that goes undercover to find... Like, the elements of the plot, but, like, anything about the execution? No. No. Yeah. Like, no, this... This movie I, I, is straight-up trash. This movie <laughs> is fascinating to me. Not, in, like, I would recommend it. But it's fascinating because it, like, it has elements that, you know, could work narratively for the movie it's trying to be, but it just doesn't... It's like... It's uh, 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 exquisite... It's like writing an exquisite corpse, in a way. Like, because, like, you have, like, the idea of, like, undercover cop goes within the queer community because they're untrusting of cops to see if this was a hate crime and solve everything. And then you have, like, love story between kid who does not talk and antiques dealer, which I guess that's, like, a thing now. Um, and you also have guy who's really into coffee. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you have all... Over by himself doing his own creepy thing. You have all of these different elements, these different ideas, but you, you don't really connect them together. So, like... For the longest time, it felt like this was just two movies that, you know, were put together yeah. to fill out a runtime. And, like, the ending where it turned out to be, like, you know, the father, uh, like, just felt like they just did that to, like, tie them both together. And then the movie kept going. And it, it's just, it fucking kept going. And I was just like, stop. It, it, it was going this one way with, like, the hypnotherapy. And I was just like, I was just like, no, do not do this. I know where you're going with this. And I was wrong. But I was just like, do not go, do not go this route. Because I, I thought it was going to be that the father was even more of a creep, specifically due to the son. But it's just like, don't do this. You cannot pull this off. This is a very bad idea. Don't fucking do this. You know? And then it's like, it was almost like a replay. As like, it oh. turns out, it was only trauma porn. <laughs> it was almost it was almost a re relief that he just killed the mother. I hate to say that, but like to me, it was like a relief. But then the move, and it's like, okay, finally, we're at the end of the movie. But it keeps going, and you're like, just stop, Jesus. Honestly, though, honestly, though. There are so many of my notes where I'm just like, oh my god, we're only this far into the movie? <laughs> like, there's still time left? How? I think you and I made the same note at the same point of the movie, actually. I think I saw that, yeah. At the 20 minutes left, Mark, <laughs> we all had the same note. Like, how is there still 20 minutes of this? <laughs> it's like, and it's, 
it's not it's they do every single step of like oh and we're going to salt it's like it's like at the very end they're like oh we have to tie up every single plot point it's like no you don't don't do that it's like so they're gonna get married and he's gonna get his voice back and they're gonna live happy ever after and then the cops gonna find out that you know he's actually into men as well and so we're gonna so we're gonna get those together and have a sex scene and then we're gonna like give him like a role so that like he's like permanent liaison to you know the lgbtqia plus community it's like and all this is tacked on after they catch the person and it's just like these this is epilogue on epilogue on epilogue and i fucking hate it and it's just not needed it's like we could have we could have we could have made our own endings for these characters that were probably the same thing and you have frustrated me more than any other movie we have watched you could have cut 20 minutes off of this movie and just put up text on the screen that said, Everybody gayed happily ever after. <laughs> Amen. Even better, like, just show photos of them while, like, Don't You Forget About Me plays or something. And the credits and, like, roll. Yeah, and, like, have, like... like uh, In a shitty Comic Sans font. <laughs> Princess Mononoke um, finally me, went they to... they also <laughs> used that horror font. I forgot what it's called, but that MS Word horror font, so... <laughs> Not um, just okay, Comic Sans, okay? All the opening credits besides the title card were in Comic Sans. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> But I, I, you know, just like show like a freeze frame of Princess Mononoke and say Princess Mononoke finally went to college and got their PhD and whatever the shit. Being repressed. (laughs) Being repressed. (laughs) Their doctorate in in biblical studies or something. I don't know. You know, like, you don't need to, you don't, the thing I want to emphasize that is just all over this movie is you don't need to show every step of the way. You can leave things out and our minds fill in the blanks. Like, there, this movie does not need to be an hour and 35 minutes. This movie needs to be, like, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. Or, like, you know, five minutes. <laughs> This movie it just needs to be. It just needs to be the final sex to scene. Rewind itself out of my life and go away. All right, so I th- I think I got that out of my system. I'm sorry for the rant, um, but you know I think at least we fixed the plot. So so Mr. Gail Richards, if you want to go and remake this film with the plot that we've given you, uh, let's be frank is mine. Do not use. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you would like to do that, feel free to because we want you to make, you know, the best movies you can. Um, so we fix this movie. Everyone pat themselves on the back. Good job, us. Pat, pat, pat. Um, and so I think the the last thing that we need to do is just uh, sum up our opinions on this movie. So, Amelia, we have to. <laughs> did this movie make you want to fall in love in a? Not sorry. Did this movie make you want fall in love in not Portland or be stuck forever in not Portland? I, it, neither of those are good options. <laughs> <laughs> this movie made me want to have a time machine so I could go back in time to a place where I had not watched this movie. <laughs> Ro, did this movie make you? I don't know, want to give 
want love to give your voice back or stay muted forever. This movie... This movie made my brain smooth out. (laughs) You're welcome. Anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or are watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayHipPod. That's J-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, don't waste... While you're there, don't waste... Why are there? No, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitch, reminding you that if you name your fucking movie Mortar and Por- Just one more line. I'm Nato Kitch, reminding you that if you name your movie Mortar and Portland. Fuck. <laughs> Mortar. I like Mortar and Portland. <laughs> I'm Nato Kitsch, <laughs> reminding you that if you name your movie Murder in Portland, fucking set it in Portland. <laughs> Later. <laughs> but, like, why would you want to set your movie in Portland? <laughs> mm.